Welcome to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. My name is Stacey Hillier, and I'm so excited that you've decided to join me, some of my friends from all walks of life, as we chat about how the prophetic is purposed to build both the church and to break outside of her four walls into your world. We'll chat to prophetically minded people who will inspire you. They come from all walks of life, somebody for everyone to relate to. And each conversation has the purpose of equipping you to prophetically build and lead in the places and spaces that God has placed you. So let's go. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode today of The Prophetic Collective. Also, this may appear on our Numa Worship podcasting or social media because today is a big and very special day for us. It is Wednesday, the 13th of April, 2022, and it's only two days from something very exciting happening. And I have with me a very special guest. He's been on the podcast many times before and you all love him. This is my friend, Pastor Joel Field. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Stacey, for having me back. So welcome. And guess what? I mean, you already know this, but listeners, guess what? We have a B.I.G. big announcement, isn't it? Big in our world, right? It's massive. It's huge. It's ginormous. Yes. So we've decided to work with the special nature of the Easter season, particularly Good Friday. And what do we have happening this coming Friday, Joel? On Good Friday 2022, uh, Numa Worship is releasing our second instrumental project. Woo! So exciting. And the crowd goes wild. If they do, we're going to add in sound effects for sure. So tell me, what's the title of this album? The album is entitled Resurrection. Great. Which uh, all your prophetic people already knew that. <laughs> they dreamt it last week. 100%. Um, and also, given that it's Easter weekend, it's it's a fairly straightforward uh, title to give an Easter project. Yeah. But no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's entitled Resurrection. It's five tracks of instrumental music for us to encounter the Easter story. So cool. And on the Prophetic Collective here, we actually have a focus coming up that commences on April 29, where we're focusing on spiritual practices for five weeks. We're starting with Lectio Divina, then Ignatian Meditation, looking at breath prayers, silence, stillness, imagination, and visionary practices. It's going to be epic. And Joel, this is something we've actually been doing in our creative family at Numa Church. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, for Lent this year, we, you know, we talked about, and and we have been talking about the whole of this year, really just discovering new or probably better way to put it is ancient ways of encountering God and being with Jesus. And so we've been talking to our creative team about being before we do, before we sing, play, or produce. Mm-hmm. And so we've just been discovering um, some ancient practices or ways of being with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because I guess if we've been in church for any length of time, we know about things like a devotional or quiet time. But often we don't really know what to do with that time other than just yeah. read some chapters from the Bible and maybe rattle off a prayer list. Yeah. And so 
we have been uh, looking at ways from church history where our church fathers and mothers have encountered Jesus in the past, encountered the Holy Spirit and connected with God. Um, Things like you mentioned, like Lectio Divina. And so in this Lent season, we um, thought to engage with Lent this year, perhaps not to the fullest extent that some of our, say, Catholic brothers and sisters do. Um, But for the last 21 days, we have been using Lectio Divina to uh, connect with the Easter story and connect with Jesus um, and so through those guided devotionals and meditations and prayer, um, we've been using that for our team. And uh, we've just been hearing great feedback yep. from uh, people across our team who have been using this throughout Lent. Yeah, it's so good. And as I mentioned, on April 29, we're actually starting with what is Lectio Divina, similar to what we've been doing with our team. So for all the listeners today, this is a little teaser, a little introduction to what we're going to be learning about next after our Worship Is collection. Joel, every time I think about what God's doing in our team as we look at these ancient practices, I see an image of like a drill going deep down into people's hearts and into their spirits. And it's going to mean that when we come to ministering as a team on Easter weekend, it's like we've got this deep well to draw from because we've prioritized this being with Jesus before we do anything for him. So exciting. Yeah, it's great. It is. And so coming out of obviously this 21 days, also you and I both praying towards the end of last year about what might 2022 hold for us, kind of birthed this idea of another instrumental album. We, of course, already have Stillness by Numa Worship, which has been incredible what God's done with that. And that was the first project that we released as Numa Worship because we're a five-fold church that believes in not just uh, leading people to water, Mm. (laughs) but actually teaching and equipping the saints for how to encounter God themselves. So rather than providing a worship album, which we'll do in days to come, we want to to provide a soundtrack to people's own encounters and own devotional life with Jesus. And God's done amazing things with that, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Again, the testimonies and stories that we've just had back from people um, engaging with that project. Yeah, it's been really humbling, I guess, to see how God can take a simple offering like that that's come out of the heart of our house and uh, and seeing people encounter God and receive healing, receive wholeness um, from brokenness and and so on and so forth. Great stories and seeing the reach that it's had across the world as well. It's just been truly humbling. Yeah, so cool. And even as a prophetic person observing how that's all worked because these were songs written out of people's own worship encounters Mm. where they were mindful perhaps of ministering to God and God ministering to them out of a life experience and then those tracks being named off those experiences prophetically separate than the writer and then hearing testimonies back from people that as those they've used that music um, in their own personal devotional life. In fact, even one story I'm mindful of right now used at the funeral of a child mm. and um, actually the track that was written about the loss of a child, they didn't know that was used at the funeral of a child yeah. and it administered healing to them in the same way that it had administered healing to the writer. So even just thinking about that from a prophetic perspective, it's incredible. And we hope for that same thing with this new EP. So perhaps, Joel, we could talk through the tracks. I might even read some of the passages. Perhaps what you could cover off in is 
on is how this is different than stillness. Yes, it is. Um, it is different than stillness. And it, yep. to be honest, when I was approaching this project, I didn't know how it would turn out necessarily. Yep. I think in my mind, it, it probably was going to be something similar to stillness, you know, just yep. a, a background for people to, uh, you know, have their quiet time with God. Yep. But really, because we were approaching it with more or less a blank canvas, we kind of knew the direction we wanted to and what the project was for. But in terms of a musical sense, it was totally a blank canvas. So while stillness was, uh, you know, came out of our guided prayers and, yeah. and, and that 21 days of prayer and fasting, like I say, initially I was perhaps approaching it in the same way. But as I sat with these scriptures that we'll look at in just a moment, yeah. really what flowed out was a musical depiction of those scriptures. Yeah. And so I would, would mm. sit with the scriptures, read them, um, read them out loud, read them several times, and then begin to play. And so that's how these tracks were formed in this way. And so while stillness was curated to be an invitation for people to pause and be still in God's presence or to use for silent prayer and, and personal devotion, uh, the invitation I believe in this project is to encounter God through music. Yeah. to allow the music to speak and bring life to the written word. Yeah, I love that, Joel, because really the only brief that I felt like the Lord gave us and that I then passed on to you was obviously the scriptures around Easter that we chose, but then that blank canvas that you were given, good luck, was play the scripture. Mm. Just play the scripture. And there would have been actually no way for you to play the scripture unless you had engaged with an ancient practice like Ignatian meditation or Lectio Divina to engage your senses in the reading of the scripture to be able to reproduce or to produce some sounds that would represent the written word. Talk to me a little bit about what that process was like for you. Yeah, like I said, really, because I had no prior music written. Uh, for this, it wasn't like I had some things tucked away and thought, well, I can use this and this kind of fits this scripture and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was a musically a blank canvas. And so literally it was sitting in the studio, reading the scriptures and allowing myself to, or allowing my uh, God-given imagination mm. to be activated in terms of engaging with that scripture. Mm -hmm. And so what would it be like to be in the room? What would it be, would, would it have felt like to be in the garden with Jesus? Yeah. Um, am I in this scripture? Am I one of the disciples? Am mm. I Peter? Am I John? Mm. Am I the, the dude who's cutting off the ear? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, am I, you know, one of the crowd, um, you know, that's seeing Jesus on the way to the cross yeah. and, and so on and so forth, and just allowing the Holy Spirit to bring those scriptures to life in my mind. And then, like I've spoken about many times before on, on this and other podcasts, because music has always been uh, a very special way for me to connect and commune with God, allowing that then to just flow out of that encounter with the scriptures and with the Holy Spirit to then play out really what I was feeling in those moments. 
That's incredible. So perhaps, Joel, we might talk through each track one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, the scripture that we felt led to was Matthew 26, 36 to 56. And we're not going to read all of that, but this is where Jesus prays in Gethsemane. And so we've titled this track, Not My Will. And what we really wanted to come out of this track was, I guess, a moment of surrender inspired by Jesus's surrender for us. Mm. The fact that He did pray, not my will, and how are we praying that and living that out today? And then trying to depict all the emotions of Jesus' disciples falling asleep on Him or Jesus saying, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. And He's saying to them, would you watch with me? But they keep on falling asleep. Like the sense of aloneness He would have felt let alone what was to come in front of him, that he knew what was to come. And I can hear all of that in what you have selected and what you have played. Is there anything you want to say about the production of this track and what you feel and hear and hope for people to experience? For sure. I think one of the musical things that came out of this was uh, if you you listen to the chords, what I... What I felt as I was reading the scripture was the tension of not my will, but yours be done. Yep. Jesus was praying, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Let me, yep. like, is there a way where this doesn't have to happen, but nevertheless, not my will, but you'll be done. So there's this sort of question and answer happening all the time. And so even in the chords, what came out, was that tension and you'll notice that there's a lot of unresolved chords in there Mm -hmm. or a lot of passing chords where there's like this question and answer Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of how I felt to depict that sort of tension in the music itself. I also wanted to capture the part where the angels were ministering to Jesus as well. Mm. you know, and strengthening Him. So as the track builds, um, there's that sense of strength and renewing of strength Mm -hmm. as well, that despite the agony of what Jesus is feeling, there's a serenity as well. And despite being left alone by His earthly friends, uh, there's the the presence of ministering angels there and, and the Father being with Jesus in that moment as well. It's incredible. And actually, Joel, for our church family, Numa Church, and anyone else who is listening, you can get onto this as well on our Numa Church YouTube channel. We're actually starting today um, five days of Lent with these tracks in the background, not the full track, but little tastes of it, where we take you through these passages and we provide prompts according to the Lectio Divina Guide. So encourage people to get amongst that. The second track, which is perhaps the most tense one, the darkest one, for a reason, because it is called Dark Night. And this is the passage, Matthew 26, 47, all the way through to 75, which is where Jesus is betrayed and arrested, where he comes before Caiaphas and the council, where Peter denies Jesus and what this must have been like for Jesus. You can hear all that tension. You can hear all that heaviness in the track. And we want people to put themselves in the story. We want them to feel uh, this because there's this thing, Joel, called the lullaby effect that many um For example, Bible college lecturers will teach you about that, especially if you've grown up in church, if you read the scriptures so many times, it becomes almost like a lullaby, a far off story, something that makes you emotionally numb and and asleep. Mm. 
that this was what our Jesus did for us. This is what he went through. And so I'm really believing that this track is going to bring new life to people in terms of sensing what Jesus gave for them. Do you want to talk about this track a little bit? Yeah, this one was a a challenging one and and I think Mm. might have been one of the last ones to be written because I think I felt the heaviness of it in that, yeah, the drama of the story, the fact that Jesus was dragged away Mm -hmm. from that garden, that this mob turned up of Roman soldiers and Mm -hmm. Jewish leaders, you know, and then, yeah, Peter, you know, grabbing his sword and cutting off a servant's (laughs) ear and Jesus' compassion in that moment and then being dragged before Caiaphas and before high priests and and yeah, I think it was a crystallizing thing, though, a process in, in this project in that yeah. it was going to force people yeah. to encounter the story. This wasn't just going to be background music that you put on and um, and kind of zone out of, but it was going to be uh, something that grabs you and forces you to enter into the, into the story. And so mm-hmm. musically, yeah, I, I tried to capture all of that tension all of the the i guess yeah uproar of this passage as well um and yet there is again this underlying theme throughout of the holy spirit being present throughout all of it and so trying to capture all of that in in the track is there as well and you can hear it like i can hear when the roman soldiers come on the scene you've used rhythm and percussion in there i can i can hear them coming Mm. it's incredible and as someone observing and doing this journey alongside of you i would say for this track you went through your own dark night of the soul (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) many dark nights (laughs) but it's going to bring um Deliverance to people on the other side and their own testimony of experiencing what it would have been like because I think often we shy away from it. Mm. But actually it's really important that we encounter these stories in the gospel because it changes the way we live and it changes the way that we decide that my life is not my own. It was bought with a price. Very true. So track three, potentially my fave. <laughs> is tetelestai, which in Greek means a couple of things, paid in full Mm -hmm. and it is finished. And paid in full was the stamp that was um, stamped on people's tax receipts when they'd paid their full tax. And so this word is used to say your your sin, your debt has been paid in full. And also this was um, can be translated as the word when Jesus said it is finished on the cross and what happened across the earth in that moment. This track is stunning. You hear a heartbeat. You hear a breath. Um, you hear the Holy Spirit hovering after Jesus has passed. I get emotional thinking about it. It's stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talk for a minute, please. <laughs> Yeah, this was the turning point in terms of creating the project. And yeah, I'll probably never forget the the moment where it came together the day that it sort of all came together because it was, again, sitting with the scripture. And I just had this idea of trying to capture the heart of Jesus and so playing a simple single note mm. on the piano to depict the heartbeat, mm. obviously we, we added the heartbeat sound as well to really sort of drive home the point. 
but the fact that like even that it was you know the tempo of the song is 120 bpm mm-hmm. um and so that that heartbeat there um and then that that goes as the uh, continues to beat as all the drama unfolds at the foot of the cross and they're you know saying things to Jesus they're mocking him soldiers are placing bets on his garment and all this kind of thing is going on and the heartbeat is still there and the Holy Spirit is still in all of it and then finally that heartbeat slows and we hear Jesus let out his final breath Um, and yeah and then the second half of the the movement then comes and and it's sorrowful in that you can feel the sorrow of his friends, of his family, as they would have been taken down Jesus's body and Mm -hmm. putting it in that tomb. And yet there's everything else that is going on with the the veil being torn and with hell being plundered and, and, you know, and the earthquakes and everything that would have happened in that moment as well. It's, it's, it part sorrowful but also partly a victory march as well in that moment and so yeah so yeah i was just so um grateful to god for how that track to, came together and it really changed the direction of the whole project yeah uh, once that once that happened yeah it's beautiful and even you'll hear a woman's voice at the start that i imagined to be his mother mm. And there's a moment in there where Jesus says, John, this is your mother now. Mm. And I can hear all of that and I can hear them Mm. fighting over his robe and you can hear it all in the track. It's stunning. That one will really take you there. And the passage that we chose for that was John 19, 17 to 30. And I encourage you to read that before you listen to the track and perhaps engage in a Lectio Divina or an Ignatian meditation. So track four is... um, the in-between. It's, well, he's resurrected. It's when Mary Mm. heads to the tomb and Jesus is not there. So we've called this He Is Not Here Hope Song. We took this from John 20, 11 to 18, um, which does talk about when Mary went to the tomb and she encounters, well, you can talk about this, Joel. You talk to people about this one. It's beautiful. Well, sure. Well, I'll let you speak to it in, in a moment as well and what the track means to you. Yep. But yeah, I think that trying again to capture what it would have been like for, for Mary to be on her way to the tomb that morning, still grieving, yep. but wanting to do her duty and, and trying to wrap her mind around everything that's that's happened. And then seeing the empty tomb mm. and then seeing Jesus, but not recognizing him. And then finally, when you get to the end of the track, you hear the moment yeah. where she makes that connection and realizes it's Jesus. But mm-hmm. Stace, do you want to do you want to talk about the track itself, the music itself? Because, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> this is actually composed by Stacy herself. So Not I'll, really. Well, no, absolutely, <laughs> it's, it's your track. So I'll let you you talk about it. I love Joel that that moment of recognition is when Jesus calls her by name, mm-hmm. when he says her name. That mm-hmm. would have been so familiar to her that that's when she recognizes him. Yep. But yes, this track um, has a bracket in the title of Hope Song um, because many people may or may not know the story of um, Jai and I's journey to having children wasn't seamless. And our first child at about 16 weeks of pregnancy, we lost a little girl. Her little heart actually just stopped. And that was obviously traumatic at our age. And after that happened, I just went to the piano to journey that out 
And this melody that's in this track is what I played for my girl. As I imagine her dancing to it. So when we chose this scripture, this is how I felt like Jesus ministered to me following that. That when I looked for her, I got um, actually wheeled in a wheelchair. So stupid. Sorry, everyone. Um, I got wheeled in a wheelchair to a garden and told this is where your daughter's been cremated without any choice in that. And I remember looking at that garden and going, she's not here, having a moment of recognition that she wasn't there, Mm. that she was already with God. And God was kind enough to give me a beautiful vision in that moment of him holding her with her heart whole and her whole and me realizing I've prayed for a worshiper and now she's gonna live her life in the atmosphere of the most glorious worship and face to face with Jesus. And so the moment we chose this scripture, I felt God speak to me actually, Joel, when we were in a meeting and say, you need to offer this. And I wrestled with it, Mm. partly because of how personal it was, partly because you're who you are as a musician. Um, But I wouldn't trust anyone else with it except you, Joel. And so said, hey, you don't have to use this, but here's what this is. And you have turned it into something so beautiful. And I can hear Mary's recognition. I can hear hopes, resurrection, I can hear all of it. Actually, I played it to my kids last night and my daughter who is here with me in 11, she wept um, for her sister. And then we got to have that conversation of connecting that to Mary being at the tomb and having that moment of, I had never shared that story with her about my moment in my garden where I had to say, not my will, you can have her. I know she's already gone, but you can have her. Um, and she's not here. And then him showing me himself and his face. So yes, that got deep real quick. But this is actually all about Jesus mm. and about people encountering him. But there is that added element of the testimony of my life on that, um, that you have played so beautifully. I want to thank you for that, Joel. You've honoured it beautifully. No, thank you, Stace, for, um, well, for sharing, first of all, and sharing your story and your testimony and your your journey with us and for entrusting me with that track I, I remember as soon as I I heard what you sent over it, it felt really significant and I believe that it will be significant for for people who listen to it as well and it will minister to so many people as well so thank you and finally the final track the title track resurrection which is Stunning. And this is from John 20, 19 to 30. Um, And you're just going to love it because this is when Jesus appears to his disciples. And I know you and I, Joel, have talked about just how Jesus appeared to his disciples and his compassion. And, you know, there's an account where he appears to walk through a wall to meet with them. And we, mm-hmm. how many times has he walked through the walls of our hearts to meet where we are? Mm. And so this beautiful track, Resurrection, do you want to talk a little bit about the creative process of that? Yeah. This was uh, the first track that I attempted to start writing something for, <laughs> but then got really stuck with it and so had to park it. Welcome to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. 
my name is Stacey Hillier and I'm so excited that you've decided to join me, some of my friends from all walks of life, as we chat about how the prophetic is purposed to build both the church and to break outside of her four walls into your world. We'll chat to prophetically minded people who will inspire you. They come from all walks of life, somebody for everyone to relate to. And each conversation has the purpose of equipping you to prophetically build and lead in the places and spaces that God has placed you. So let's go. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode today of The Prophetic Collective. Also, this may appear on our Numa Worship podcasting or social media because today is a big and very special day for us. It is Wednesday, the 13th of April, 2022, and it's only two days from something very exciting happening. And I have with me a very special guest. He's been on the podcast many times before and you all love him. This is my friend, Pastor Joel Field. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Stacey, for having me back. So welcome. And guess what? I mean, you already know this, but listeners, guess what? We have a B-I-G big announcement, isn't it? Big in our world, right? It's massive. It's huge. It's ginormous. Yes. So we've decided to work with the special nature of the Easter season, particularly Good Friday. And what do we have happening this coming Friday, Joel? On Good Friday 2022, uh, Numa Worship is releasing our second instrumental project. Woo! So exciting. And the crowd goes wild. If they do, we're going to add in sound effects for sure. So tell me, what's the title of this album? The album is entitled Resurrection. Great. Which uh, all your prophetic people already knew that. <laughs> they dreamt it last week. 100%. Um, and also, given that it's Easter weekend, it's it's a fairly straightforward uh, title to give an Easter project. Yeah. But no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's entitled Resurrection. It's five tracks of instrumental music for us to encounter the Easter story. So cool. And on the Prophetic Collective here, we actually have a focus coming up that commences on April 29, where we're focusing on spiritual practices for five weeks. We're starting with Lectio Divina, then Ignatian Meditation, looking at breath prayers, silence, stillness, imagination, and visionary practices. It's going to be epic. And Joel, this is something we've actually been doing in our creative family at Numa Church. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, for Lent this year, we, you know, we talked about, and and we have been talking about the whole of this year, really just discovering new or probably better way to put it is ancient ways of encountering God and being with Jesus. And so we've been talking to our creative team about being before we do, before we sing, play or produce. Mm -hmm. And so we've just been discovering um, some ancient practices or ways of being with Jesus, Mm -hmm. because I guess if we've been in church for any length of time, we know about things like a devotional or quiet time, but often we don't really know what to do with that time other than just yeah. read some chapters from the Bible and maybe rattle off a prayer list. Yeah. And so we have been uh, looking at ways from church history where our church fathers and mothers have 
encountered Jesus in the past, encountered the Holy Spirit and connected with God. Yep. Um, things like you mentioned, like Lectio Divina. And so in this Lent season, we um, thought to engage with Lent this year, perhaps not to the fullest extent that some of our, say, Catholic brothers and sisters do. Um, but for the last 21 days, we have been using Lectio Divina to uh, connect with the Easter story and connect with Jesus Um and so through those guided devotionals and meditations and prayer, um, we've been using that for our team. And uh, we've just been hearing great feedback yep. from uh, people across our team who have been using this throughout Lent. Yeah, so good. And as I mentioned, on April 29, we're actually starting with what is Lectio Divina, similar to what we've been doing with our team. So for all the listeners today, this is a little teaser, a little introduction to what we're going to be learning about next after our Worship Is collection. Joel, every time I think about what God's doing in our team as we look at these ancient practices, I see an image of like a drill going deep down into people's hearts and into their spirits. And yeah. it's going to mean that when we come to ministering as a team on Easter weekend, it's like we've got this deep well to draw from because we've prioritized this being with Jesus yeah. before we do anything for him. So exciting. Yeah, it's great. It is. And so coming out of obviously this 21 days, also you and I both praying towards the end of last year about what might 2022 hold for us, kind of birthed this idea of another instrumental album. We, of course, already have Stillness by Numa Worship, which has been incredible what God's done with that. And that was the first project that we released as Numa Worship because we're a five-fold church that believes in not just uh, leading people to water, Mm. <laughs> but actually teaching and equipping the saints for how to encounter God themselves. So rather than providing a worship album, which we'll do in days to come, we want to, prov to provide a soundtrack to people's own encounters and own devotional life with Jesus. And God's done amazing things with that, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Again, the testimonies and stories that we've just had back from people um, engaging with that project. Yeah. yeah, it's been really humbling, I guess, to see how God can take a simple offering like that that's come out of the heart of our house and uh, and seeing people encounter God and receive healing, receive wholeness um, from brokenness yeah. and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But great stories and seeing the reach that it's had across the world as well. It's just been truly humbling. Yeah, so cool. And even as a prophetic person observing how that's all worked because these were songs written out of in people's own worship encounters mm. where they were mindful perhaps of ministering to God and God ministering to them out of a life experience and then those tracks being named off those experiences prophetically separate than the writer and then hearing testimonies back from people that as those they've used that music um, in their own personal devotional life. In fact, even one story I'm mindful of right now used at the funeral of a child mm. and um, actually the track that was written about the loss of a child, they didn't know that was used at the funeral of a child yeah. and it administered healing to them in the same way that it had administered healing to the writer. So even just thinking about that from a prophetic perspective, it's incredible. And we hope for that same thing with this new EP. So perhaps, Joel, we could talk through the tracks. I might even read some of the passages. Perhaps what you could cover off in is on is how this is different than stillness. Yes, it is. Um, it is different than stillness, and it, yep. to be honest, when I was approaching this 
project. I didn't know how it would turn out necessarily. Yeah. I think in my mind, it, it probably was going to be something similar to stillness, you know, just yeah. a, a background for people to, uh, you know, have their quiet time with God. Yep. But really, because we were approaching it with more or less a blank canvas, we kind of knew the direction we wanted to and what the project was for. But in terms of a musical sense, it was totally a blank canvas. So while stillness was, uh, you know, came out of our guided prayers and, yeah. and, and that 21 days of prayer and fasting, like I say, initially I was perhaps approaching it in the same way. But as I sat with these scriptures that we'll look at in just a moment, yeah. really what flowed out was a musical depiction of those scriptures. Yeah. And so I would, would mm. sit with the scriptures, read them, um, read them out loud, read them several times and then begin to play. And so that's how these tracks were formed in this way. And so while stillness was curated to be an invitation for people to pause and be still in God's presence or to use for silent prayer and, and personal devotion, uh, the invitation I believe in this project is to encounter God through music, yeah. to allow the music to speak and bring life to the written word. Yeah, I love that, Joel, because really the only brief that I felt like the Lord gave us and that I then passed on to you was obviously the scriptures around Easter that we chose, but then that blank canvas that you were given, good luck, was play the scripture, mm. just play the scripture. And there would have been actually no way for you to play the scripture unless you had engaged with an ancient practice like Ignatian meditation or Lectio Divina to engage your senses in the reading of the scripture to be able to reproduce or to produce some sounds that would represent the written word. Talk to me a little bit about what that process was like for you. Yeah, like I said, really, because I had no prior music written uh, for this, it wasn't like I had some things tucked away and thought, well, I can use this and this kind of fits this scripture and or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was a musically a blank canvas. And so literally it was sitting in the studio, reading the scriptures and allowing myself to, or allowing my uh, God-given imagination mm. to be activated in terms of engaging with that scripture. Mm -hmm. And so what would it be like to be in the room? What would it be, would, would it have felt like to be in the garden with Jesus? Yeah. Um, am I in this scripture? Am I one of the disciples? Am mm. I Peter? Am I John? Mm. Am I the, the dude who's cutting off the ear? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, am I, you know, one of the crowd, um, you know, that's seeing Jesus on the way to the cross yeah. and, and so on and so forth. And just allowing the Holy Spirit to bring those scriptures to life in my mind. And then, like I've spoken about many times before on, on this and other podcasts, because music has always been uh, a very special way for me to connect and commune with God, allowing that then to just flow out of that encounter with the scriptures and with the Holy Spirit to then play out really what I was feeling in those moments. 
That's incredible. So perhaps, Joel, we might talk through each track one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, the scripture that we felt led to was Matthew 26, 36 to 56. And we're not going to read all of that, but this is where Jesus prays in Gethsemane. And so we've titled this track, Not My Will. And what we really wanted to come out of this track was, I guess, a moment of surrender inspired by Jesus's surrender for us. Mm. The fact that He did pray, not my will, and how are we praying that and living that out today? And then trying to depict all the emotions of Jesus' disciples falling asleep on Him or Jesus saying, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. And He's saying to them, would you watch with me? But they keep on falling asleep. Like the sense of aloneness He would have felt let alone what was to come in front of him, that he knew what was to come. And I can hear all of that in what you have selected and what you have played. Is there anything you want to say about the production of this track and what you feel and hear and hope for people to experience? For sure. I think one of the musical things that came out of this was uh, if you you listen to the chords, what I... What I felt as I was reading the scripture was the tension of not my will, but yours be done. Yep. Jesus was praying, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Let me, yep. like, is there a way where this doesn't have to happen, but nevertheless, not my will, but you'll be done. So there's this sort of question and answer happening all the time. And so even in the chords, what came out was that tension and you'll notice that there's a lot of unresolved chords in there Mm -hmm. or a lot of passing chords where there's like this question and answer Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of how I felt to depict that sort of tension in the music itself. I also wanted to capture the part where the angels were ministering to Jesus as well. Mm. you know, and strengthening Him. So as the track builds, um, there's that sense of strength and renewing of strength Mm -hmm. as well, that despite the agony of what Jesus is feeling, there's a serenity as well. And despite being left alone by His earthly friends, uh, there's the the presence of ministering angels there and, and the Father being with Jesus in that moment as well. It's incredible. And actually, Joel, for our church family, Numa Church, and anyone else who is listening, you can get onto this as well on our Numa Church YouTube channel. We're actually starting today um, five days of Lent with these tracks in the background, not the full track, but little tastes of it, where we take you through these passages and we provide prompts according to the Lectio Divina Guide. So encourage people to get amongst that. The second track, which is perhaps the most tense one, the darkest <laughs> one, for a reason, because it is called Dark Night. And this is the passage, Matthew 26, 47, all the way through to 75, which is where Jesus is betrayed and arrested, where he comes before Caiaphas and the council, where Peter denies Jesus and what this must have been like for Jesus. You can hear all that tension. You can hear all that heaviness in the track. And we want people to put themselves in the story. We want them to feel Uh, This Because there's this thing, Joel, called the lullaby effect that many, um, for example, Bible college lecturers will teach you about, that especially if you've grown up in church, if you read the scriptures so many times, it becomes almost like a lullaby, a far off story, something that makes you emotionally numb and and asleep. Mm. 
that this was what our Jesus did for us. This is what he went through. And so I'm really believing that this track is going to bring new life to people in terms of sensing what Jesus gave for them. Do you want to talk about this track a little bit? Yeah, this one was a a challenging one and and I think Mm. might have been one of the last ones to be written because I think I felt the heaviness of it in that, yeah, the drama of the story, the fact that Jesus was dragged away Mm -hmm. from that garden, that this mob turned up of Roman soldiers and Mm -hmm. Jewish leaders, you know, and then, yeah, Peter, you know, grabbing his sword and cutting off a servant's (laughs) ear and Jesus' compassion in that moment and then being dragged before Caiaphas and before high priests and and yeah, I think it was a crystallizing thing, though, a process in, in this project in that yeah. it was going to force people yeah. to encounter the story. This wasn't just going to be background music that you put on and um, and kind of zone out of, but it was going to be uh, something that grabs you and forces you to enter into the, into the story. And so mm-hmm. musically, yeah, I, I tried to capture all of that tension all of the the i guess yeah uproar of this passage as well um and yet there is again this underlying theme throughout of the holy spirit being present throughout all of it and so trying to capture all of that in in the track is there as well and you can hear it like i can hear when the roman soldiers come on the scene you've used rhythm and percussion in there i can i can hear them coming mm. it's incredible and as someone observing and doing this journey alongside of you i would say for this track you went through your own dark night of the soul <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Many dark nights. (laughs) But it's going to bring um, deliverance to people on the other side and their own testimony of experiencing what it would have been like because I think often we shy away from it. Mm. But actually it's really important that we encounter these stories in the gospel because it changes the way we live and it changes the way that we decide that my life is not my own. It was bought with a price. Very true. So track three, potentially my fave. Mm Mm-hmm is tetelestai, which in Greek means a couple of things, paid in full Mm -hmm. and it is finished. And paid in full was the stamp that was um, stamped on people's tax receipts when they'd paid their full tax. And so this word is used to say your your sin, your debt has been paid in full. And also this was um, can be translated as the word when Jesus said it is finished on the cross and what happened across the earth in that moment. This track is stunning. You hear a heartbeat. You hear a breath. Um, you hear the Holy Spirit hovering after Jesus has passed. I get emotional thinking about it. It's stunning. Mm. Um, so you talk for a minute, please. <laughs> Yeah, this was the turning point in terms of creating the project. And yeah, I'll probably never forget the the moment where it came together the day that it sort of all came together because it was, again, sitting with the scripture. And I just had this idea of trying to capture the heart of Jesus and so playing a simple single note mm. on the piano to depict the heartbeat, mm. obviously we, we added the heartbeat sound as well to really sort of drive home the point. 
but the fact that like even that it was you know the tempo of the song is 120 bpm mm-hmm. um and so that that heartbeat there um and then that that goes as the uh, continues to beat as all the drama unfolds at the foot of the cross and they're you know saying things to Jesus they're mocking him soldiers are placing bets on his garment and all this kind of thing is going on and the heartbeat is still there and the Holy Spirit is still in all of it and then finally that heartbeat slows and we hear Jesus let out his final breath Um, and yeah and then the second half of the the movement then comes and and it's sorrowful in that you can feel the sorrow of his friends, of his family, as they would have been taking down Jesus's body and Mm. putting it in that tomb. And yet there's everything else that is going on with the the veil being torn and with hell being plundered and, and, you know, and the earthquakes and everything that would have happened in that moment as well. It's, it's, it part sorrowful but also partly a victory march as well in that moment and so yeah so yeah i was just so um grateful to god for how that track to, came together and it really changed the direction of the whole project yeah uh, once that once that happened yeah it's beautiful and even you'll hear a woman's voice at the start that i imagine to be his mother mm. And there's a moment in there where Jesus says, John, this is your mother now. Mm. And I can hear all of that and I can hear them Mm. fighting over his robe and you can hear it all in the track. It's stunning. That one will really take you there. And the passage that we chose for that was John 19, 17 to 30. And I encourage you to read that before you listen to the track and perhaps engage in a Lectio Divina or an Ignatian meditation. So track four is... um, the in-between. It's, well, he's resurrected. It's when Mary Mm. heads to the tomb and Jesus is not there. So we've called this He Is Not Here Hope Song. We took this from John 20, 11 to 18, um, which does talk about when Mary went to the tomb and she encounters, well, you can talk about this, Joel. You talk to people about this one. It's beautiful. Well, sure. Well, I'll let you speak to it in, in a moment as well and what the track means to you. Yep. But yeah, I think that trying again to capture what it would have been like for, for Mary to be on her way to the tomb that morning, still grieving, yep. but wanting to do her duty and, and trying to wrap her mind around everything that's that's happened. And then seeing the empty tomb mm. and then seeing Jesus, but not recognizing him. And then finally, when you get to the end of the track, you hear the moment yeah. where she makes that connection and realizes it's Jesus. But mm-hmm. Stace, do you want to do you want to talk about the track itself, the music itself? Because, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> this is actually composed by Stacey herself. So Not I'll, really. Well, no, absolutely, <laughs> it's, it's your track. So I'll let you you talk about it. I love Joel that that moment of recognition is when Jesus calls her by name. Mm-hmm. When he says her name, that mm-hmm. would have been so familiar to her that that's when she recognizes him. Yep. But yes, this track um, has a bracket in the title of Hope Song um, because many people may or may not know the story of um, Jai and I's journey to having children wasn't seamless. And our first child at about 16 weeks of pregnancy, we lost a little girl. Her little heart actually just stopped. And that was obviously traumatic at our age. And after that happened, I just went to the piano to journey that out 
And this melody that's in this track is what I played for my girl. As I imagine her dancing to it. So when we chose this scripture, this is how I felt like Jesus ministered to me following that. That when I looked for her, I got um, actually wheeled in a wheelchair. So stupid. Sorry, everyone. Um, I got wheeled in a wheelchair to a garden and told this is where your daughter's been cremated without any choice in that. And I remember looking at that garden and going, she's not here, having a moment of recognition that she wasn't there, Mm. that she was already with God. And God was kind enough to give me a beautiful vision in that moment of Him holding her with her heart whole and her whole and me realising I've prayed for a worshipper and now she's going to live her life in the atmosphere of the most glorious worship and face to face with Jesus. And so the moment we chose this scripture, I felt God speak to me actually, Joel, when we were in a meeting and say, you need to offer this. And I wrestled with it, Mm. partly because of how personal it was, partly because you're who you are as a musician. Um, But I wouldn't trust anyone else with it except you, Joel. And so said, hey, you don't have to use this, but here's what this is. And you have turned it into something so beautiful. And I can hear Mary's recognition. I can hear hopes, resurrection. I can hear all of it. Actually, I played it to my kids last night and my daughter who is here with me in 11, she wept um, for her sister. And then we got to have that conversation of connecting that to Mary being at the tomb and having that moment of, I had never shared that story with her about my moment in my garden where I had to say, not my will, you can have her. I know she's already gone, but you can have her. Um, and she's not here. And then him showing me himself and his face. So yes, that got deep real quick. But this is actually all about Jesus mm. and about people encountering him. But there is that added element of the testimony of my life on that, um, that you have played so beautifully. I want to thank you for that, Joel. You've honoured it beautifully. No, thank you, Stace, for, um, well, for sharing, first of all, and sharing your story and your testimony and your your journey with us and for entrusting me with that track I, I remember as soon as I I heard what you sent over it, it felt really significant and I believe that it will be significant for for people who listen to it as well and it will minister to so many people as well so thank you and finally the final track the title track resurrection which is Stunning. And this is from John 20, 19 to 30. Um, And you're just going to love it because this is when Jesus appears to his disciples. And I know you and I, Joel, have talked about just how Jesus appeared to his disciples and his compassion. And, you know, there's an account where he appears to walk through a wall to meet with them. And we, mm-hmm. how many times has he walked through the walls of our hearts to meet where we are? Mm. And so this beautiful track, Resurrection, do you want to talk a little bit about the creative process of that? Yeah. This was uh, the first track that I attempted to start writing something for, <laughs> but then got really stuck with it. And so I had to park it um, because I had no real sort of direction as to where I was going with it. But the theme of it was what I sort of started with. And then I felt like that theme, you might get hints of it throughout all the other tracks as well. 
that yeah. theme is to represent the Holy Spirit that He was working throughout this this whole story, um, and so that that was um, a really cool moment. But I think what ministered to me in in this whole part of the story was appreciating the Father's excitement as well in in all of this. Like He knew the end from the beginning, but I can imagine on that resurrection morning that he would have been just so excited for Jesus to reveal himself again and be like, hey, I'm back. And uh, this is all part of the plan. And don't you remember when I said to you, and now do you believe and all this kind of thing. And, you know, the father and son were about to be reunited as well. But God's ultimate plan for humanity and his people was being fulfilled. And so capturing the early morning sounds before anything was discovered, um, but then also the triumphantness of, that's not a word, but, um, <laughs> the, you know, the, how all of those feelings would have come rushing in, yeah. feelings of fear, of, of doubt in the disciples, but of excitement and just the jubilation of seeing Jesus again and also just to the Father being an absolute boss and being like, yes. see, I told you so. <laughs> and uh, and we're on the winning side and all that kind of thing. So, so yeah, that was the creative process. So good. And I've actually, one of the things that stood out to me in our 21 days as a worship team in doing these Lectio Divinas is the separation of the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. Because since the beginning at creation, you know, John 1, 1 talks about this, where um, Jesus was present right back then in creation in this perfect relationship of the Trinity. And then He came to earth as fully man, fully God, but fully man. So He came out of that perfect union to walk the planet. Mm. And so I love that you mentioned there the moment where they're about to be reunited. And, you know, when you're lovesick for your father, you would keep running back first thing in the morning to spend time with him. Mm. That's one of the beautiful things that I've found in this 21-day journey, which I haven't thought about before. Very cool. So, Joel, I want to talk for a moment actually about what Audio Divina is. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, Prophetic Collective people will be learning about Lectio Divina soon. For our worship team who's listening to this, you've learnt about Visio Divina and Lectio Divina. But let's talk about Audio Divina because this is divine listening. It's an ancient practice from the desert, fathers and mothers, and it's praying with music. And it's using music as a doorway to prayer and encounter where we focus on listening with the ears of the heart. And Joel, I actually believe that you've done something very groundbreaking. I have never heard an album where I can hear the words of scripture have become notes on a stave or an instrument representing a voice of somebody who was there. What you are pressing into hasn't been the easiest journey for you, but that's because you're pioneering and you're breaking rocky ground. And I just want to honour what God's done in your life and what he's done through you on this project because I believe people for the first time will get a real glimpse at Audio Divina. They will fall in love with God's Word because there's a whole group of people who hear God in sound and not necessarily through the written word. Um, And so this is a way for them to fall in love with Jesus, what he's done for us, for them to experience their own freedom through what they hear through the music and for them to experience God's word in a new way. What is your heart and your desire for people through this project? Well, as I said earlier, I believe it's an invitation um, to encounter the story 
of Easter through music, to encounter God through music. Mm-hmm. I've probably shared this quote before from Johann Sebastian Bach, but it's always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. But the final aim and reason of all music is nothing other than the glorification of God and the refreshment of the spirit. Mm. And I've always held on to that. The gift of music is to glorify God and to refresh our spirits. And so my prayer for this project is that God will be glorified through it, but that people's hearts and spirits are refreshed as they encounter God through the scriptures and through the music as well, that they would learn to commune with God, to connect with God in a fresh new way, Um, and for the story of Easter in all of its glory would come alive in their hearts. So good. And there's something redemptive about even instruments being used this way because I think about King David when he was a shepherd boy in the Batlocks of nowhere Mm -hmm. and his his tongue, his singing voice wasn't enough for him to worship God. He was like, I have to create something else where I can express my heart towards God. Yeah where he could express, you know, the scriptures that he would have been learning, that he would have been hearing, the stories he would have been learning. So he literally created instruments so that he could worship God. And so I love hearing the redemptive nature of how the instruments are being used to lead people back to God's word and their worship of him because that's exactly why they were created. So congratulations, Joel, and well done on an absolutely incredible project. You are a world-class champion (laughs) and this is going to take people deeper in Jesus and that'll be the testimony and the legacy of your work. And so I thank you for being who you are. Well, thank you. Thank you for your vision and your direction and leadership and your releasing. Um, Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. So thank you for digging deep and for teaching (laughs) me and so many others, all of these ways to encounter God, it's uh, its so fresh and it's so new and it's definitely opened up my spiritual world in terms of my journey and relationship with God has gone so much deeper and richer um, thanks to your leadership and teaching. So thank you. Thanks, Joel. Well, I'm going to pray before we finish up today. So God, we just offer this to you now as our worship to you. I thank you that my life, Joel's life, has been changed by your son, Jesus. Mm. I thank you, Jesus, that you were obedient to the point of death. Mm. I exalt the name of Jesus that was given to you, the name that is above every other name, at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. We confess you are Lord. We are asking that your kingdom would be built through this project, through this music, through this scripture that has become symphony. Lord, I pray that people would discover fresh depths of who you are, your goodness, your faithfulness in their life. I pray, Lord Jesus, that this would not exalt any ministry, any church, any man or woman, but that Jesus would be exalted. I pray for every person that encounters these tracks. I pray that the result, the seeds have been sown prophetically, the seeds have been sown from your word. I pray that the fruit that would grow would be strong word lives and strong people who are not swayed and moved by what's going on in the world around them but who are grounded in the truth of who their God is. I thank you for scripture 
thank you for the Bible. Thank you that it is your breath on a page. I thank you that it shapes us, it changes us from the inside out. I thank you that it divides between soul and spirit, that it discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart, discern my thoughts, discern my intentions, correct me where you need to. Lord, I also pray for every listener. I pray that your presence would surround them as they listen to this music. I pray, God, that as they enter these encounters with you, that they would not feel any fear around their imagination. I pray, God, that instead they would have a new and a fresh revelation that when we are imagine, when we imagine it's because we're created in your image. We are the result of your imagination. And so, Lord, I pray for every listener of this podcast today, every person who listens to these tracks, let them know Jesus more as a result. I thank you for Joel, for his family. Lord, I pray you would open doors for him that no man can open. I pray, Lord Jesus, that he would go from glory to glory in his expression of his worship to you. I thank you that this is just the beginning. And so, Father, we offer you all the glory and all the praise and all the honour for you are our reward. You are our treasure. You are our prize. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today for a bonus episode. Make sure that you jump onto Spotify, iTunes, wherever you stream things from on Friday and download, like, do all the things for Resurrection EP, Numa Worship, N-E-U-M-A. We'll also tag it in the podcast notes, etc. If you do want to join us for five days of Lectio Divina with a little teaser of the tracks in the background, check out Numa Church on YouTube and we would love to hear how these tracks help you to encounter Jesus. But I'll talk to you all really soon. Bye.